fake it till you make it. Is fake it till you make it a good thing? It is something that you would recommend. Talk to me about that a little bit. up everybody welcome and welcome back to another episode of Simsation nation i'm super excited about two things today one i'm excited about the topic that's about to be discussed but i'm also excited about the person that i'm going to be discussing it with so there's this thing out there called the imposter syndrome that i heard about a few years ago and i started to dig into it and i'm like man that sounds kind of intriguing and then as, as I started to dig into it, I realized, man, I actually have felt that imposter syndrome before. I've been through it. I've experienced it. And I also believe that people experience it quite often and don't even know that they're going through it. So I felt like this is an opportunity, one, to educate people on what imposter syndrome is, how you can overcome it, and just kind of really dive into it a little bit. Now, the guest that I'm about to introduce is somebody that I highly, highly respect. I actually have, here's the real part about it. I have never actually met her in person. She was my instructor, my professor during a leadership development course, and I have told people on many, many occasions. It happened to be during COVID. I didn't get to go in person, but even though it was virtual, it by far was one of the best courses I've intended in my entire career, and I've been telling folks that for quite some time. She's a trailblazer. She's a family woman. She's just really kicking some butt. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to welcome to the show, Colonel Stephanie Wilson. Ma'am, welcome to the show. Thank you. I mean, how do you follow that kind of introduction? <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> and when you're, when you're introducing somebody so great, it's like easy. It just comes, you know, it just comes naturally. If it I just... could turn red, that'd be a <laughs> so, But thank you. Thank you. And we worked really hard with LDC and trying to make that effective learning environment as comfortable as possible over this mechanism. Um, and I appreciate what I see from you. And I'm excited about our talk today. Awesome. Thank you. So again, I know you're busy, but I appreciate it. I'm going to tell you in advance. Thank you for your time. So with that, I'm going to go straight into it with the first question. We talked about the subject of imposter syndrome a second ago. Have you heard of imposter syndrome? I know this is kind of a rhetorical question because I know you have, but what, what do you know about imposter syndrome? So, um, you know, truth to power, I didn't really understand what that was until I was in the middle of my doctorate program. And as I'm finishing it, and I'm starting to write. And my mom told me that I needed to get used to people calling me Dr. Wilson. Mm. And I said, but I'm in the military. I have a military title. Like, but, like that seems a bit pompous. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's not. It is what it is. <laughs> and it literally was that conversation with my mom who was like, oh, it is what it is. Right. And right. I started kind of examining how I felt about titles how I felt about entering a space and what I felt like. And so I began reading about this emotion of feeling a little less than, even though you were vetted for entry. Mm. So how do I feel less than when I've already been vetted? I, I know I have the things and I'm now getting a seat at the table, but I don't necessarily feel like I should be there. You mm. kind of walk in and go, do they know? 
that mm. I don't know that acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Were they aware that they invited me? You know, and so and so in the back has like ten years of experience, but I'm sitting here. Wh- why? And it truly came to a head um, at the beginning of my first command when I got a call from a mentor mm. who reminded me to not change myself mm. because they hired me. And so to me, imposter syndrome is fought really well through being authentic and figuring out how to be more comfortable in the skin you're in. Mm. And the more authentic you are and the more that's received, wow, Mm. it it can give power to you to walk in those spaces. Just being your authentic self is what I'm hearing. Uh, But I'm going to tell you, everything you just said, it kind of pierced my soul and not in a bad way. I felt everything you just said, because everything you just described, those are the thoughts that have gone through my head quite often, even in my current environment right now. Uh, you know, I have to remind myself, you are blessed to be in this room and you're here for a reason. But I don't know, for some reason, it's just so hard to shake. Like, man, do they know that? I? Oh, man, they speak so well and they know more about this than I do. And I don't know if I should be here. And it's that thing that you're constantly battling, I think. And, um, you know, hopefully my wife will hear this, too, because my wife has a very hard time being called Dr. Sims. And I'm always like, hey, you earned that title. You need to you need to rock it. You know, that kind of thing. So I'm kind of like being how your mom was to you. So let me ask you, though. What, what do you think is the cause? Like, what do you think causes one to feel imposter syndrome? So my research has mainly faced, faced um, dealt with female causes of imposter syndrome. Um, although research shows that men um, feel at the exact same rate, it's just it's not always reported in the same way. Mm. And I'm actually kind of trying to find how guys call it, because it might not actually be imposter syndrome in a gentleman's mind. It's like, get your game, get your game face on. Mm. And so I think about sports, right? So I'll, I'll back up and I'm going to answer the question I want to, not that sure the one you asked. So I watch sports with my husband because he makes me not necessarily because I want to all the time, <laughs> but I, I really enjoy those sideline getting people revved up conversations. And so to me, a lot of gentlemen exhibit some imposter syndrome when they have to repeat a practice over and over again, over and over again, over and Mm. over again, in Mm. order to just have that muscle movement of comfort. Sometimes um, ladies don't do that. Mm. (laughs) Um, Basically, most of us are a little more social and are looking for some more words, some words of affirmation, some understanding of where we came from and just a, you got this. Mm. It's going to be good. I'm in your corner. Honestly, for both sexes, the I'm in your corner means a great deal. Mm. Mm. And I think as leaders, heck as human beings, we need that more because imposter syndrome isn't necessarily related to a job. It can be related to being a parent. Um, I'm sitting here with four kids of various Mm. ages and I, I distinctly remember walking through you know, when you finally take your kids out to eat right? and you're like, don't act a fool, <laughs> but you have like a little one who they don't know not, not act a fool per se. And they're just being little, you know, and they're like, eat your face and like sure. crawling over things. And you're just like, I just need, I just want my food hot today. I just want <laughs> a hot meal right. that somebody else brought to me. And I distinctly remember being that mom and this elder came over to me and she said, you're doing fine. Mm. it's going to be fine. Wow. 
Wow. And and that feeling that came through me like, oh, thank you, village. I'm not, I'm yeah. not doing this totally wrong. The same goes into when you walk into a room. And most of us, I think most of your guests are military like us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we walk into the room and we have our bios on our chest, right? right. Our biographies oh, yeah. are across our chest. You know, my name, you know, my service, right. you know, my career field. Yep. You'll know what unit I'm a part of. Depending on the pendants upon my career field, you'll even know how long I've been there. That's right. That's right. right. That's and right. so when you walk in, people have one idea, right? Bias is normal. It's yep. it's normal, people. Yep. Bias is normal. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Let's, so, let's let's normalize no normalize the bias. Let's normalize <laughs> the bias. You know, it saved people's lives in the past. It's just when you use it for evil, that's when it's a problem. There you go. Um, but when you walk into a room and you look around, and for most of us, we're looking for maybe somebody with our tribe, hmm. right? Or you're looking maybe for somebody who kind of looks like you, somebody you might have known from a former base. Mm-hmm. Somebody you might have known even from a former life if you're a prior enlisted or et cetera. Right. And if you don't find that, or if you feel like you're the only one, mm-hmm. or you feel like you might be the youngest one, or you might be the only one who comes in with this perspective, mm. or maybe you heard that person at the head of the table doesn't take controversy or <laughs> discontent mm. <laughs> well. Mm. It can just feed into the brain's fight or flight mechanisms, right? Fight, flight, or faint. It's actually the other one. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that one. We don't recommend that one. But it feeds, it just feeds that monster inside of you that says, you supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. Do they know? Mm. Will they listen when you speak? Mm. Hmm. And I give advice to those that I coach, to those that I try and mentor, heck, to to my kids. (laughs) The only power people have over you is the power you give them. Mm. And when you get into a situation where that that monster is just eaten away at you, recite that. Mm. Make make that your repetitive muscle movement. I, I was vetted before I entered the room. I'm supposed to be here. My opinion counts. And then approach whatever leadership, whatever situation with that intellect. And even use the most powerful statement in our inventory. You ready? Here we go. I do not know, but I will find out. There you go. There you go. Sometimes it's okay to say that, but that is so hard. And I think uh, we could probably dive into why that's so hard when we start talking about the five types of imposter syndrome. And maybe as I did my research for this, I kind of learned why that may be such an issue for people to say, I don't know. But you you talked about something, and I know we're talking about imposter syndrome, but you talked about wearing your biography on your chest. And depending on what uniform you're wearing, I mean, with the ribbons that you're wearing and all that stuff, people can really kind of get there, conceptualize who you are, how you got there, so on and so forth, just from what they can see. And And I always refer to that as, you know, they're sizing me up. Like, I feel like people are sizing me up all the time. Have you, have you ever felt like you walked in a room and someone's just sizing you up and now you have to really kind of put on that, that armor to be like, Hey, I don't want to feel like an imposter. Oh, for sure. I mean, hello. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm an African American female. I'm in a predominantly male career field. Um, for a a hot minute, I got a couple of emails from my functional that said Stephanie and guys, because where that was, I was, I was the only lady there. Mm. Um, I'm also a little curvy, not out of shape, 
<laughs> it's curvy, right? And so our uniform isn't really built for my particular stature. I so see. sometimes I walk in and I don't feel as amazing as mm. I see other people look in their uniform. Mm. I don't feel as if I'm standing the way I think they they think I should be standing mm. in my uniform. And mm. I'll tell you, you know what's interesting is the people who have, and I'll use I'll use a young person's term, gassed me up the best mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I walk out, mm-hmm. NCOs. Because I usually have an NCO check my uniform, you know, like, hey, I'm about to do a thing. Let's just make sure I haven't overlooked something, right? Mm -hmm. Because a second Mm -hmm. pair of eyes never hurts. And I distinctly remember uh, one of my tech sergeants, unfortunately, he's passed now. But one of them, he he had leaned back and he was doing the, you know, everything level, blah, blah, blah. And then he went, you look good, man. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. And then we moved on. But that's the way to give a compliment. And I walked in feeling, feeling as good as I wanted to in this uniform that represents our country, um, my parents who were in, like all those different things. And so there are many times I've walked into a room and said, mm. deep cleansing breath. Mm. But but I'll also say I, I have been fortunate to have leaders who, when I did give the opinion that wasn't the most popular that might not have been what they wanted to hear. Mm. I've had examples of both responses, not just one. I see. And I so see. I've been able to tuck that in my, you know, tuck that in behind me, like, okay, that's just how they react to things. Got it. This is not always the norm. Maybe I could phrase it differently. Right. And going a little inward. Um, and so I I try to hold on to that when I walk in and feel alone someday. Right. right. Um, but as I've gone up in rank and been advised by those higher in rank than me, there is well, kind of what she said. There's a reason why we're in the room. That's right. It's not That's just, right. it's not, it's not this. Right. It's, it's this. It's yep. this. That's right? right. And so I'm in the room to make the case for those who aren't able to speak now. Mm. I'm in the room to bring a perspective that maybe someone else hasn't considered. I am in the arena to make sure that I'm fighting this battle so the person behind me can fight the next battle. Ooh, I like it. Right? So that's what's actually at this point in my career, in my life, that's really kind of in my head. Mm. What can I do to aid in advocacy? And that has truly helped a lot of the imposter syndrome go down because I'm 40 some odd years old. Who (laughs) am I impressing but myself? (laughs) Right? Like I have goals and stuff, but (laughs) <laughs> you know this is this is this is fire i feel like i need to make some fire emojis go across the screen let me ask you i brought this up on a different podcast but i think it's appropriate here as i listen to you talk because you have to put on that suit of armor whatever it may be when you walk into a room i have a i have a little routine i do if i'm about to go brief some some person that's of higher stature or if i'm about to even brief my peers whatever it is you know i get like you said i gas myself up you know i get gassed up before i leave my house you know whatnot and i walk in there and i get the job done and um it brings me to the question that i brought up on a different podcast uh fake it till you make it is fake it till you make it a good thing it is yes. something that you would recommend. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, because what you're doing, that whole repetition that I was talking about earlier, you are giving your body that little boost, that little boost of hormone. That's like, you got this, right? 
um, that thing that kind of makes you kind of smirk when you walk in because yep. you know that everything is together. Yep. And that's okay. Fake it. Mm-hmm. Because at certain point, it won't be fake anymore. Mm. It'll be, it'll just be what is. Ooh, yeah. It'll just be what is. And so if it's that thing, you need that routine. What they say, uh, some sports athletes have to repeat a certain number of baskets before right. a game to right. feel that they're ready for the game. Right. There's some runners, right? I see them at the PT test making us all look crazy because they <laughs> ran a half a mile before they had to run a mile. Right. <laughs> like, what you what you doing? We don't need to see that. But if that's what you need to feel good going into like a fitness examination. I used to in, in college and in high school, my fear like was to walk in and forget everything that I just studied. Oh yeah. Because of the questions. Oh yeah. And I always felt in college that there were so many smarter people, so many people who didn't have the opportunity to sit where I'm sitting. Um to know what I'm able to know, to experience mm. what I was able to experience. And I could freeze. Um, a little test anxiety, you know. Mm. Um, and my routine became I always asked for a white sheet of paper. Mm. And on that white sheet of paper, I would just write down everything I knew. But at the very bottom of every single white sheet of paper, I'd write down what is what is. Mm. Mm. See, uh, this is this is you know knowledge bombs being dropped over here, and I will tell you, uh, I can relate to everything you talked about, and hopefully the viewers and the listeners will be able to do so as well. Because um, there's been a fine line that I've walked where I hyped myself up so much that it made me look so great, and at the end, everybody's you know patting you, man, you killed that, you did well, and I always give that analogy of the duck gliding across the water and it's so smooth and majestic and you know that's the image you want to portray but what they don't see is beneath the waterline or the feet just like really kicking and moving really hard and so you want to walk in looking like hey I've got this and I think that's okay and that brings about the uh the newsletter that I researched prior to you and I uh coming on today her name is Carmel Murphy, and she talked about the five types of imposter syndrome, with the first one being the expert. And the expert is you know all the answers, you have all the facts, but you know you can kind of also beat yourself up if you don't. Uh, have you had someone that has gone through the, the expert phase or the expert type of the imposter syndrome? Definitely. I think in our field, there's many times in meetings where you have a lot of expertise but you might not be the expert mm. in, in all the things. So let's think about um, a manager, a manager at a corporation. And, and in the officer corps, that's usually kind of our field grade, senior CGOs, where you've touched on a lot of different things. And you might have been able to go deep in one. Mm-hmm. But you walk into the meeting, and it's all about that thing that you just took a tour of two years ago, <laughs> not the shop that you worked in for a year and a half. That's right. That's but right. you're the expert in the room. And you're like, that's exactly what we do, right? 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 <laughs> and you can feel as if the expertise that you've gained does not apply to the meeting in which you are in. Mm-hmm. You can fake being more of an expert than you are or Let's just say you are the expert and you are the one that knows it. You are the one that understands where widget A goes with widget B and how to get this process to here. But you are battling with, will they listen? Mm. 
maybe they do know more than I do. Maybe I can't, the freeze, right? The flight, right, right, flight, right. or faint, right? It's locking up, locking up your throat. Right. Or, 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 or it could, it can even be like, are they just testing me and challenging me to see if I really know the answer when they know the right, right answer and they're going to see yes. what I'm going to say. Stump yeah, the dummy. Yeah. Stump the dummy. That's a tough one. And then that, yeah. that, that next one is, you know, number two type that she mentions uh, in her newsletter was the superwoman or the Superman. And that's the one where you're just like, I I can handle everything. everything. I've got it. I've already convinced myself that I'm I'm a fraud walking in. So now I've got to really show, and I need that validation. And I'm going to stay at work longer. I'm going to be the workaholic. So I'm going to actually show that I am that superwoman or superman. Right. How about how about that aspect of it? So I struggle with that one a great deal personally on all the different hats that people kind of wear that I wear. I'm just going to grind it out. They won't know that I don't know because I will grind it out. I will make it so I do know. I will figure this out. And honestly, right now, I'm tired. I want to nap. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you end up actually with that particular imposter syndrome. Um, when I looked a couple more things up about that particular topic, that's when people snap. Mm. Mm. Right. That's when you start losing personal relationships. And you kind of lose your sense of self. And so one of the things, and I'll, I'll jump I'll jump a question a little bit. One of the things as a coach mentor that I try to do, even for me, what is my hobby? Mm. Because if you are the one grinding it out, guess what you don't have anymore? Hobbies. Mm. Oh, yeah. The, I can relate. The, right? The thing you just do because you just enjoy it. Right. For no other reason. Yep. I so, can relate. I'm yeah. glad that I'm not actually doing this podcast because I was suffering from that prior to actually establishing this podcast. I didn't necessarily have any hobbies. It was all about work and I wanted to be the greatest at everything I was doing. And, um, you know, some advice that a panel of colonels gave to uh, the folks a few years ago when I was employed was, hey, you need to be finding some time uh, each day, even if it's just an hour. You need to find at least an hour each day to do what makes you you whatever that is. That way you can actually stay in tune with yourself uh, as well. And that can be hard for some. Yeah. I got checked I, by my spouse. <laughs> uh, that, see, that that's the best check that you can get right there. Cause I get those checks too. Those things, that's a true reminder of, Hey, I need you to reel it in a little bit. You know, don't forget who you are and where you come from as well. Now this next one, type three is something that another one that I will tell you that I have suffered from and probably still suffer from today. Uh, it is something that I always tell people it is my greatest strength, but it is also my greatest weakness. It is being a perfectionist. I tell people that nobody can beat me up worse than myself. I want to have everything in a row, my I's dotted, my T's crossed, you know, and I just want to make sure that I have high standards for myself. And then of course that makes me have high standards for others and all that other good stuff. Um, Talk to me about the perfectionist aspect of imposter syndrome. So a perfectionist tries to hide behind those eyes and those mm, T's. Mm. Like, how can you doubt me? Look how lovely this looks. How can <laughs> you tell me that I don't know my stuff when I've got binders tabbed and everything? <laughs> my calendar is, your your desk is immaculate. Right? right. Everything's, you know, a little OCD, a little, little bit, right? Yep, yep, and, yep. and the toughness, and I'll say from a leader hat, right? The toughness you give your people at first comes out very inspirational. Oh, they want to make sure that everything's good to go. But it can also come out as micromanaging because at a certain point you're like, I'll just do it myself mm -hmm. to make it to make it great. 
Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect segue to the next one. Actually, uh, type number four, you just do it myself. And that one's called the soloist, right? It's like, I'll just do it by myself, you know? And that, the other part of that though is, you know, you, you want to do it by yourself primarily because sometimes anyway, you're afraid to ask for help. And by oh. you, I mean myself, I've been there. You're afraid to ask for help, not essentially uh, because you think you're actually going to get the help, but you feel that asking for help is a weakness which might expose you as a fraudulent type of leader in your exactly. position, therefore driving that imposter syndrome thought that you might have in your head. Exactly. I That one touches home this week with, with a, a kid experience of trying to do it themselves and finding out that there's an entire system of people here to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you won't break. Once again, all of these imposter syndromes usually use, leads to some kind of break, um, some kind of epiphany moment. Hopefully mm-hmm. that comes from joy, but sadly most change comes from some kind of catastrophe or chaos right. moment. Um, do it yourself feeds back into perfectionism, can feed right back into um, expertise. All of these things, just once again, you're just feeding the monsters that are in your head. When you find individuals who aren't able to ask for help, the questioning a leader does has to be a little different. Mm. It can't just be, oh, you don't know that? I can't believe you don't know that because that just feeds that monster even more. It could easily be, ah, maybe I forgot to let you know about blank. Or, you know, last year I didn't know that either. Mm. And I had to get so-and-so to help me out with this. Yep, yep, yep. I I love that, you know. And then um, also, uh, because you are so great at this, you seamlessly tied us into to the type number five, and it's called the the natural genius. <clears throat> the, the natural genius is kind of similar to being a perfectionist, but instead of just trying to get everything right, you actually want to have all the knowledge and the information. You want to make sure you know everything. And then to a certain extent, some may avoid being in the presence of those leaders because they don't want to get caught not knowing the answer. So you're always trying to make sure that you have the information. You're the natural genius and everybody's coming to you uh, to get those right answers. And and then the moment you don't have it, you're kind of down on yourself. And it's like, ah, that kind of ruined my image. Uh, how about that aspect of it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. My day. <laughs> my day. Every day. You don't have that answer? Should I have that answer? Um, you don't know about this? Oh. So that particular imposter syndrome, to me, gets bred through... It gets bred through, like you mentioned, wanting to be a perfectionist, wanting to be the one that people can come to. And I offer this. Um, I wrote it in a, in a book I had. I, well, I wrote, but I, I, that if you are the expert at one thing, you can't be promoted to the next thing. Mm. Mm. Because I need you right there to be the expert at that particular thing. So you can't, I can't lose you in the position you're in. And so normally when I have those people who are naturally geniuses at the thing, I'm like, so this is where you want to be for the next 15 years, 20, Mm. like right here. And they look at you like, but I'm a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I should move up. Well, my friend, if you're such a tactical expert at this, I can't afford Mm. to have you move up in a way. 
Oh, you get punished. So now you, you're putting yourself in a position to be punished by being so good. So if you're the expert, I can't let you go anywhere else, right? So you got to be smart enough to know that uh, I need to dabble in this a little bit and dabble in that. Uh, so an experience that I had just this week alone was leading a, a team uh, knowing that I was not the smartest person in the room. But the moment I realized that I didn't have to be, I just needed to know who they were and how to effectively utilize them, then you actually help the team benefit overall and get the job done. Now, Colonel Dr. Stephanie Wilson, you just let something slip out, so I, I can't just, just bypass that. I heard you say something about a book you wrote, so we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah I, did, I did do that. Uh, we we got to so... talk about it. We got to talk about it. Tell so me about the I book. did. And, and if you want to talk about imposter syndrome, the doctor thing bothered me a bit, but I'm, I'm getting used to it. Right. Oh, OK. And then I was talking to my husband and I read leadership books, but I also like to read fiction. I like a lot of fiction books because to me, that is an imaginary way that people are putting leadership lessons into practice. Mm -hmm. And then I wonder what you can take from that, because in any kind of hero arc, there's usually some type of revelation. There's some type of team building. There's some type of discovery of self. Uh, what do you need to be a leader? Oh, some kind of revelation, some kind of team building, some type of discovery of self. And as I told my amazing spouse about this, he looked at me one day and he's like, well, why don't you write something? And I'm like, oh, oh. I should. So I started collecting vignettes and little quotes and, and things I wanted people to reflect on. And he's laughing at me because... He keeps me humble. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, look, I want to be a better leader. I know other people do, but ain't nobody got time to read, you know, 500 page, how to be a better leader. <laughs> and I said, no, I want to do bite-sized leadership type of thing. So it's like a leadership bites play on words, like, ha, 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 leadership bites, <laughs> right? And he, and he literally, he said, well, make it a bathroom book because I need to know how to become number one while I'm going number two. <laughs> I love that. I love so, it. So the book is called Leadership Bites, How to Become Number One. Going number no kidding. Two. And it's based on really short, really a short quote, a short story application, and then a oh, charge. And then man. I give reflection pages in the back. It is no more than like 85 pages. It's tiny. Uh, well, it's it's this big. Um no, oh, pretty. I'm in the, let's, I'm let's, in the let's, library. Let's let's see this. Let's see this on the screen. I want no, to see this book. Not doing it. I'm not no? there yet. You're not but, okay. But my okay. point of the imposter syndrome portion is, I've had this done. I've had this done for almost a year. Oh, okay. I finished it on vacation. I, I um, we were on a cruise, and I'm like, nobody's bothering me. Mm. I can just, you know, be in it. And I finished what I wanted to do in the arc of it all, like in the middle of the ocean on a cruise overlooking, yeah, I won't even say what I'm overlooking, but it was lovely. And um, I sat on it hmm. because I then thought, what do I know to be telling people how to lead? Mm. What, what, what is it? Why would they listen to me? And I was talking to my 17 year old daughter and she's like, didn't you finish that book a while? I was like, yeah, I even had the cover art done. Like I paid mm. to have the cover art 